everybody. It's morning right now. I don't know if it's morning when you're listening to the program, but if you're listening live, which I think you should be doing every single Friday morning at 10 a.m., the Philanthropy in Focus. As you know, we're 30 some odd episodes into this program and, and it was a vision. It was a dream of mine. I wanted to get out here and do this. I wanted to amplify the message for nonprofit organizations. You might say, why, Tommy D? Why do you want to amplify it? Well, let me answer that question. Just in case you were asking that question, let me answer that for you. I believe that nonprofits change our world. I believe that nonprofits are overlooked, underfunded, and unrecognized. And my answer is this program, this movement, Philanthropy and Focus. It's a movement. I really believe it because it's not just about a weekly radio show. It's about letting people know what nonprofits are doing. It's about getting out there. I'm doing this 60 days of service thing. I'm sure we'll talk more about that today. But I'm getting out there, I'm doing the work, I'm making an impact, and I'm trying to help other people see the vision of what nonprofits are doing all the time. I live this, man. This is, this is my daily thing. All day long, I'm talking about making an impact, adding value. And I don't tell you that to brag how great I am because I'm just a guy in an attic right now. But I tell you that because I think it's important that everybody finds their way to do service, finds their nonprofit, finds their cause. And I will talk a bit about 60 Days of Service today. Uh, I will talk a little bit about something coming up pretty soon, which is actually uh, two things that are coming up. A, a weekly, what I call nonprofit nugget with Tommy D, because that's who I am. So a weekly nonprofit nugget. And then also uh, we'll be talking about a new program that I am launching here on the network, talkradio.nyc with my friend Valerie Heffron. More to come. That's just a teaser for right now. Let's jump into today's program, today's subject matter, today's leader of a nonprofit organization, because each week that's what I do. I bring on a leader of a nonprofit organization to help them tell their story and amplify their message. And just in time, my friend Lee <laughs> Silverman goes live on the camera. We, I'll tell you something, Lee. Let's talk technical difficulties before we even jump into the program. I was freaking out 35 minutes ago because as I was setting things up here in the attic, as I do on a Friday morning, I the, the electric shorted out because I had too much. I was pulling too much juice, I guess. So everything went... <laughs> Just like that. And I go, oh, no. And I didn't say no. You can imagine. Well, this is a, this is a family <laughs> show. This is a family <laughs> show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. So we'll say, I said, oh, shucks. Although I didn't. And I said to my wife, I need help. And she hooked me back up. And then, uh, so we got all the juice here. The air conditioner is running because the air conditioner is running at 61 degrees and the attic is running at about 106 so somewhere right right around my desk, it's around in the in the high eighties, I guess is is what I'm what I'm dealing with. But we have air, we have power, we have Lee on camera. Lee, I, I I'm you know I always do research. I always tr try to find out the backgrounds on on my guests and, and how they got where they are and the road they took and the path they're they're on. Um, I do have some background. I'm going to read it to you. Lee, Lee Silverman is is a, a friend of mine. He's the CEO of Habitat for Humanity of Suffolk County. And I am going to read a bit, but then I'm going to let Lee tell the story because you know what? If somebody read a bio of, of Tommy DeMisa, that's my real name in case anybody didn't know. It's not just Tommy D. But in case somebody read that bio, it's just, it's stats, it's figures, it's things we've done, but really the story comes from our heart and what we've done and how we've walked the path. There are a couple things, Lee, even before, well, let me say this. Welcome to the show. I, I, I'm thrilled to have you here. And I have to make one other joke before we even get started. I, I kind of have a rule about having the best hair on the show. I think we're, we're rallying and we're kind of vying for who's got the best hair going today. If you're not looking, if you're not watching us on Facebook, Lee's got a great head of hair on him, not to mention great glasses. Welcome to the show, Lee. Before I say anything else, welcome to the show. Welcome to my attic. 
Thank you, Tommy. It's great to be here. And um, if there's a handicap, I think I probably win on the hair since I am 66. That's fair enough. Listen, man, at 43, I hope to have a great head of hair like you do. But if I look at my genes, my father, I call him my old man. He loves when I say that. But my father, he just turned 70 years old the other day. And we were out to dinner recently for his birthday. And I was joking with the waiter and it was a band at the restaurant where we were. We were out at the beach up where I am. And the joke with the waiter, joke with the band leader, the band leader. I said, how, how old is my dad's birthday? They sung like happy birthday by the Beatles. You know, it's your birthday. Right. So <laughs> how old is that guy over there? He says, I don't know. He looks at what he turned 50 today. This is my father, 70 year old man getting called for 50. Now when well, I'm 43 and when I go out with him, people don't believe he's my dad. They think he's my brother. So that doesn't, I certainly compliment to my dad. The opposite of a compliment to me when you tell me that a 70-year-old <laughs> looks like my brother. I try to digress. I'll try to bring it back to the subject matter, but I love the hair. I love the glasses. Welcome to the show. Let me read a bit about the bio, and let's get into the juice and the story. Sure. That's, what, that's what's important to me. So Lee earned his, uh, his bachelor's degree in organic chemistry from MIT in three years, Okay, then graduated from UCLA um, with his master of science, and again, in chemistry. Um, immediately moved to work for a, a, a privately held textile company with 40 employees and started learning all the aspects of that business. That company grew. There was a merger. There was a sale, private equity, the whole thing. And But all the while in my research, there was this involvement in the nonprofit sector. So a lot of what I want to hear from, from Lee today is, because I think this is true and, and either correct me if I'm wrong or tell me I'm right, but nonprofits are businesses. Right. Like this is just a right. It's a tax filing status is the only real difference here. If you have payroll, employees, income, things going out. Right. There's a lot of stuff here. Programs, divisions, silos. So talk to me a little bit. Let's tell me the story. Lee. Organic chemistry to CEO of Habitat for Humanity of Suffolk County. We got time. Let's jump into it. All right. Well, you know, first of all, whereas I'm very proud of graduating MIT in three years, uh, when people ask me what was the biggest mistake you made in your life, I would say it was graduating college in three years and not taking the full four. Um, I was just in such a big hurry to get on with my life. And um, and it took a lot of turns I wasn't expecting. So um, any kids out there, you know, take advantage, stay in college for the f- full time um, and uh, you know, take a full advantage of the experience. Because I do think I missed some things by by. Um, you know, by, by rushing through. Must have been a heck of a course load to, to pull that off in three years, right? I mean, credits and stuff. It, it was. Um, it, it, it was quite a course load. Plus, you know, you know, I had the high school AP, you know, exams and so forth that, um, uh, you know, helped out, whatever. But, um, you know, it was, it was tough, but I enjoyed it. And I'd say looking back, I just had my 45th reunion. It was a lot more fun looking back on it than probably living through it. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. But so, um, and it certainly was never my intention to go into a family business. But um, when I decided to leave chemistry, my uncle offered me a job with his company that was based in uh, Bayshore. Um, really didn't know anything about it. I figured, okay, I'll try it, you know, see what it's like, you know. Um, you know, tried for a couple of years and um, I was there for 40 years. Um, so, I like and that. I have the distinction of never having to apply for a job in my life. So Ever. I got that job, with, you know, because I was the nephew and then because of my long uh, 
term involvement with Habitat Suffolk, when they were looking for a new CEO and the timing was just right, um, I actually got um, this position without actually applying for it. Um, but in working with the, with the company, um, we did grow from 40 employees to, at its peak, 450 employees. Um, we were in, as I said, we were in, in Bayshore, and there was a time in the late 90s when we were deciding whether or not we were going to stay in Bayshore or expand uh, or, you know, move um, down south. And when we decided to invest and stay in Bayshore, um, at the same time, we thought, well, we've been in the community for about 20 years. We're definitely going to be here for another, you know, 10 or 20 years. Maybe it's time to um, put some real roots in and give back. Um, so I had had an experience a couple of years before as a volunteer on a Habitat, on a habitat work site uh, through my synagogue on a, a what we call a mitzvah day. Um, I enjoyed it. I became a small-time donor at the time. And so when we were looking for an organization to partner with, um, I suggested Habitat because I felt it was something our employees could get behind. It was local. We could, you know, we could see exactly what we were doing. Um, and, um, you know, so I you know, reached out to, to the then executive director, had a couple of conversations, and we entered into a long-term, you know, partnership where my company would sponsor, raise money, sponsor homes. Uh, the deal was we wanted to sponsor homes that were in Islip because that was where we were uh, you know, located in that town. But over the years, for a whole lot of reasons, that wasn't really possible. So we were sponsoring homes all over Suffolk County. And over a 20-year period of time, we sponsored about 15 homes. That's awesome. That's, that's, I love that. 15 homes all around Suffolk. I want I want to ask you about that the importance of can you because just of my own ignorance lips lips the day how, can you say that again for me I'm sorry what lips a day no no mitzvah oh it was mitzvah I heard I heard an L oh mitzvah okay mitzvah day right all right so so I want to talk about that just from the perspective of corporate social responsibility team building you know just finding ways to impact your community. What was it that drove you, you and your firm, from a business perspective, to say, you know, we really need to be involved here, and then we can talk about why Habitat. But what was it that drove that conversation around the importance of, of doing service? Because this is something I'm talking about all the time, so I'm very interested in this. Well, I've, something my father really instilled with in me is, you know, you have. I think people of means have a responsibility to um, help those that are, um, you know, less less fortunate. Um, I come from the Jewish faith, and the Jewish faith, it's a positive commandment to, to give to charity. Um, and as I said, when we decided to expand um, and really double down our presence in, in Bayshore, we, we thought it would be good for employee morale to, to do something. Um, this, what we did, which uh, was our employees um, donated money out of their paycheck every week. Some as little as fifty cents, some as much as five dollars. Our company matched dollar for dollar all of those donations over a twenty per, twenty year period of time. Um, the total was about seven hundred fifty thousand dollars that was given to Habitat Suffolk. Uh, in addition to that, we raised at least another quarter of a million dollars through events and me leaning on some of our vendors and so on and so forth. Um, 
So I'm proud to say over a 20 year period of time, um, you know, we, we were responsible for over a million dollars going into the organization. And for the employees, they always loved when we had the work days, when we, you know, they could go out um, as a house sponsor. One of the perks of being a house sponsor is you get to uh, do the wall raise. And oh, that, so is that the first? Is that's that, the first day. That's you, show up, you show up, there's a concrete slab, there's lumber lying all over the place. And by the time you leave at uh, 2.33 in the afternoon, all of the outside walls are up and fully sheathed. It's just an amazing day. It's not there. And then by the, you know, by the hands of your employees, it's there. Right. That's pretty awesome, man. That's, that to me is culture. You know, you, you talk about you raise the money for the organization. First of all, uh, kudos to you and, and the other executive leadership of, of that company. Uh, you said it was your uncle's company. So I guess some of the family was involved just because, uh, you know, it's doubling down in a community. First, you said you wanted to stay in Islip. And obviously, as you said, you had to expand past Islip just for a number of variety of reasons for, for the builds. But God, the camaraderie that gets built in there, the, the excitement, you, you know, the wow, my company wants me to be involved and they're going to get they're going to impact or they're going to match what I raise for this organization. And, you know, that little tithe, whether it be 50 cents or five bucks per paycheck, it adds up. You're talking $750,000 over these years, which is great for money. But I think the experience is equally as important. What, how do you feel about that? Like, was it rank and file employees all the way to the suits that were involved with these builds? Well, it, yes. And people got involved in other ways. Um, for a couple of years, our CFO was the treasurer of um, Habitat. Um, one of our employees was a regular volunteer doing all sorts of things. He was actually honored one year as being volunteer of the year. Um, so there, there was quite a bit, bit of involvement um, from the rank and file hourly workers, you know, up through the C-suite. I, I love those types of stories. I, I, I talk about, you know, guys, if you listen to me, if you pay attention to what I'm talking about, it's a lot about strategic alliances. It's a lot about, you know, the nonprofit and the for-profit getting together, finding ways where what I say on this show and in, in the rest of my world is two plus two might equal four in a math textbook. But when it comes to networking and impact, two plus two plus two, it's some other number. It's some I, I say, what's the, you know, Lee, before we're going to go to a quick break in a second here, folks, but what is the impact? What is the ripple effect of, of individual employees <clears throat> who may not be high wage earners, but they feel the impact of their company supporting their their service efforts, their philanthropic efforts, because I'm arguing this fact and, and I, you know, somebody's probably going to want to take the other side of it. But I think philanthropy is not just about suits and dresses and gowns in a ballroom writing big checks. It's about service work. It's about people making an impact on the local level. And I think, you know, an organization, a company like yours, I just, I, I didn't know about it, but I see in my mind in the vision of the players going back and forth. And as you said, your CFO was the treasurer of the board of, of Habitat after it, right? Is that right? So after a number of years, the, the players are, you know, that Venn diagram. There's that overlap of, of the people and the service and everything like that. So I want to talk more about this. We're going to take a quick break. I have about 75 more questions, which we will not get to finish all of them today. Okay, no but that's just, that's just how my brain operates. For the best hair award in, on the show ever, goes to Lee Silberman so far, 30 episodes in. We'll be right back. It's Tommy D. Philanthropy Focus. Lee Silberman is here from Habitat for Humanity, CEO of the Suffolk County Habitat for Humanity. We'll be right back in two minutes, gang. Have you ever thought of reinventing yourself? 
Are you looking to create a new life's journey? Hi, I'm Kevin Barbro, host of Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, live, 8 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live to hear me and my guests from a variety of different backgrounds. As a former college coach and a current full-time actor and owner of multiple companies, my show is as eclectic as my life. That's Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you interested in having a better relationship with yourself, others, and God? Greetings. I'm your host, Dr. George Andow, for the show, A Journey Through Into Awareness. On my show, we journey into the awareness that the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. We join together each Monday at 7 p.m., so tune in on Talk Radio NYC. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. Cut through all the static, join Tommy in his attic. Everybody loves when I sing. That's why everybody's listening into the show. <laughs> no, that's not why. But I do like to sing on the show. So here, here's the thing, gang. So there's stuff that goes on behind the scenes when we go to commercial break. And my buddy Sam Leibowitz is on the other side of the glass, executive producer of uh, Talk Radio NYC, this whole show. My buddy Sam is there. And I'm learning that Lee and Sam have decided I am a mensch. And I appreciate that. And I, 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 I do kind of know what it means, guys. So <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm glad to be called that. But um, you guys are teaching me all new words. I got mitzvah, which I knew. And, and mensch today, Lee, you're the mensch. I mean, you know, you're the guy who you, you see this, you, you see the alignment between service work. You said, you know, you grew up thinking this way and, and it was something um, that you were drawn to. I want to know about what the, what the impact for the employees was before we even really jump into your role at Habitat. I want, I want to go back to the corporate side of things. What was it like for the employees? What was the day, the raise day? What, what did you say when the walls went up that first day? Well, the, the, uh, the wall raise day is a great day. We always say it's one of the two best days in the Habitat world. The day we raise the walls and then the second best day, of course, the day we um, hand over the keys to the new homeowner. Um, but we had a core group of, of employees who, who always look forward to doing the, um, you know, the, the build days. Um, oftentimes, you know, it would be on a Saturday. Um, occasionally we would do it during the week and we would, you know, of course, give the employees the paid time, uh, you know, to do the build. Um, you know, we had, you know, in addition to our warehouse and office operation in, um, you know, in, in Bayshore, 
we had a showroom in Syosset and another one in New York City. And some of those employees would also come out to help, you know, you know, do the build. And it was, you know, it's a good thing we had, you know, at our sales meetings, um, we would introduce, oftentimes we would introduce our, the families who were, you know, either were or too soon to be the homeowners, you know, of our homes. And that was always a very touching moment when they could, um, you know, get on stage and, and thank the people who were really responsible for them having a home. That's incredible. I, 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 you know, that's incredible for the family to experience, but there's so much more to be said by rolling up your sleeves. And I've done a build day and, and I, I'd say regretfully it's only one day that I, I've done and I want to do more and I want to talk to you about that. But I did one uh, out in Freeport one day, but, you know, to get out there and you might, hello folks, you might not know I'm not a uh, construction worker. You know, I, <laughs> <laughs> Nor do you need to be to come out no, for a build site. You don't, right? I mean, you have like legitimate general contractors and, and you got everybody there, right? The plumbers are there when appropriate. The carpenters are there. The masons are there, right? So those of us, we're, we're bodies that they can teach how to do something for a day, right? It's not. Absolutely. So I, I now I have so many ideas in my head, but I want you to tell me about that as far as from a volunteer perspective. But, uh, you know, you have that family come in, whether it be at a sales meeting or, or at that the day they're given the keys and some of your folks are there. God, the tears must be rolling down people's faces like you, you know, you as an individual employee, you know, in the textile business have made an impact on this family over here. Like that's culturally, when I think of, of companies and, and, and I mentioned the term corporate social responsibility earlier, um, I don't want to sound pessimistic, but I think some companies now do things because it looks good and, and it's it's the way to, you know, um, I don't want to beat up on big companies. But I just feel there, like there, there's nothing wrong with companies doing things because it looks good. I'll give yeah. you another um, very quick lesson in Judaism. There was a, a philosopher back in the Middle Ages, Maimonides, who came up with the giving ladder, um, which I will which I talk about sometimes when I do groups. And, you know, one of the steps in the giving ladder is giving because, it, you know, it makes you look good. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. So, you know, you look at all the people who endow university, you know, you, we wouldn't have a university system the way we have it in this country if people didn't give money to put their names it's on a, the building. The, the name on the building. It's a big you know? thing, right? So, and there's, you know, so there's absolutely nothing wrong if that's the, mo- if, if that's the motivation. I, I appreciate you saying that because in my head, I had a, I, I don't want to say I had a problem with it, but. I, you know, when you go when you walk through North Shore University Hospital or whatever it may be, we see the wings and, and the names all over these buildings. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm also one of my hats that I wear. I'm the co-chair of the Hog Industrial Association's Committee of Social Responsibility Committee, along with Paul Factor of Long Island Cares. And um, yeah, this is one of the things that we talk about in trying to get, you know, companies involved. It's important. You know, everyone thinks of the non as a nonprofit that we always have our hands out. And we're always asking, <clears throat> excuse me, asking for something um, without necessarily wanting to give something back in return. And that's very short-sighted for a nonprofit. You know, the, if um, if you want to have a good collaboration with a corporate sponsor, there has to be something in it for that corporate, you know, for that corporation. You know, there's a few who will just give because it's the right thing to do, but most need something in return. And there's nothing wrong with that. So, you know, we'll give them publicity. We'll give them, op- you know, we'll give them you know, opportunities, uh, maybe it's PR, maybe, um, you know, for a wall raise, there's usually, um, you know, Newsday or, you know, one of the other organizations. And there's, you know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with, you know, nothing wrong with that. 
Um, as you said at the very beginning, a nonprofit is a business like any other business. The only thing that distinguishes a nonprofit from a for-profit is we do not pay taxes on our profits. So our supporters are like our, you know, are you know equivalent to like a vendor in a um, you know a typical relationship, and you know the vendor-customer relationship it's two-sided, and the same thing between a donor and a nonprofit. Yeah, I, you know, thank you for pointing all that out and even give me more clarity on it, which is something I guess is, you know, deeper rooted in my own psyche about that piece there. Because I'll tell you, a, a conversation I had a number of years ago in, in, in a group, we had uh, a friend of mine, Ken Serini. Um, some of you may know Ken Serini, Serini Associates Accounting, a lot of work in the nonprofit, founder of Long Island Imagine Awards, New York City Imagine Awards, which you probably heard me talk about before. But I, we were in a meeting and I, I said across the room, Ken was sitting on a panel and I said, Ken, you know, we were talking about this. We were talking about the strategic relationships between for-profits and, and businesses. And and I this is like if maybe three, four years ago when I had this mentality where I said, yeah, but Ken, it's not supposed to be quid pro quo, right? And we were talking to something in the effect of what you just talked about, Lee, where it was like, well, you know, we have these three sponsorships at the golf outing and you get this, you get the T sign, you get the four, whatever the thing is, Right. And, and Ken was like, well, you know what, Tommy, and if I'm quoting him wrong, I apologize, but it's something to affect, well, it kind of is. It's got to be both parties got to win and not like, like the for-profit should be so honored to pay to get the T-sign, but it should be something like, well, what is good for you, Mr. or Mrs. For-profit, and how can we align? And that's what I'm hearing from you, Lee. It's that alliance of what's good for you, well, let's try to work that out so you get – you for-profit, get the exposure you're looking for or the connections you're looking for. And we, as the nonprofit, receive the money that we need to do programming or make payroll or whatever it is. Is that is that what you're saying? Like, there's got to be something there? Um, absolutely. I mean, look, even in, in with my company, um, you know, the, over the 40-year period of time, so we did it for a couple of reasons. So one was employee morale. So that's something that we're getting, you know, that we're getting for it. But the other is, you know, we put the Habitat logo on our you know, on our letterhead, on our envelopes. So part of it was to advertise for Habitat, but another part of it was so that our customers and our vendors knew that um, we were aligned with this type of organization. So hopefully that made them feel better about us. Yeah. Maybe um, would give us some business versus someone else because they said, oh, you know, they're they're a big charitable supporter. They're a good corporate citizen. Look what they're doing, right? Or the other part, which I think is a bonus is they might say, oh, wow, Let's do something together. Let's get involved. Right. Let's help you support Habitat, which probably through 40 years, you were able to go to some vendors and ask for that sort of support, right? Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's really, that's really exciting stuff. How do you go from, how, how do you go from CEO of the for-profit, you're involved with this organization, Habitat, and when I look from back from 2012, I, I believe, you know, you had some exposure, but it sounds like the organization and the business were involved much longer than that. Talk to me about how are you just, the, uh, you didn't even have to interview, as you said, we're going to go to a break in like a minute. So let's, let's tease them. Let's tease them a little bit. Let's get them going. And then we'll drag them all back to hear the rest of the story. But how did it, how does that sort of start that story for me? All right. I was on the board of directors for about 20 years. I was chairman of the board for five and a half and then when I aged off the board in June of 2018, I assumed I was never coming back. Um, and then two things happened at the same time. One is my company was sold and all the senior executives were fired the day it was sold. 
And the second is, for various reasons, the board wanted to replace the current CEO of the, of the affiliate. Okay. Um, through a series of coincidences, we reconnected, and I was offered the position. So that was kind of a that was quicker than I thought it was going to be. So, <laughs> so we're going to go. We're going to take a quick break, guys. We're going to come back. We're going to talk. Now we're going to dive into Habitat generally, but then more specifically, Suffolk County. I'll tell you a little bit about Habitat when we come back, and then Lee's going to take it away. We're going to talk. We're going to talk programs. We're going to talk anecdotes. We're going to talk stories. We're going to talk about the impact they're making locally here in Suffolk, in on Suffolk County. All right. And I also want to start with what I call the three myths of Habitat. The three myths of Habitat. That's a great teaser. Back in a minute and a half, gang. Do you feel uninformed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. Through the static, join me in the attic every Friday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern Time. And then after the show, we turn this into a podcast. Like we turn it into, like Lee, like I have like a, a big bucket and we like churn it. I've been telling people we turn it into a podcast. Like I, like I feel like uh, Hamlet, like the witches, double, double, toil and trouble. And like I'm in there mixing up the podcast. Anyway. That's, that's Macbeth, not Hamlet. Is it Macbeth? Thank you. See, look at it. I don't know my Shakespeare. So I learned about Maimonides, the giving ladder. You hooked me up with Macbeth. I said Hamlet twice this week because I told that story earlier this week. So um, <laughs> I'm learning a lot from you. And I am, apparently I'm a mensch, everybody. Maybe I'll change the show. I don't know what rhymes with mensch. Mensch on a bench. I know that I got that. Like, uh, like <laughs> they have that, like the elf on the shelf. Maybe uh, 
Uh, shout out to Steve Fry. I'm sure he's getting a kick out of this. Steve Fry's show comes on after mine, always Friday. All right. So Habitat for Humanity uh, really started in 1976. I'm reading this right off of Wikipedia. All right. Gang by Millard and Linda Fuller. And really the, the, the mission statement is seeking to put God's love into action. Habitat for Humanity brings people together to build homes, communities, and hope. And I have the CEO of the affiliate for Suffolk County. We've been talking already a couple segments in the books already. But Lee, you wanted to talk about the three myths of Habitat for Humanity. Why don't you take it? Let's start from there. Okay, so myth number one, Jimmy Carter did not start the organization. As you just said, it was um, Millard Fuller and his wife, um, Jimmy, President Carter is just our most famous volunteer. Um, the second myth of Habitat is that we use volunteers to build our houses, people donate materials, and therefore it doesn't cost us anything to build a house. In Suffolk County, we need to fundraise $250,000 for each house that we build. Um, last year, we built eight. This year, we're planning to build nine. So, you know, you can do the math as to how much money we need to raise. And then the third myth of Habitat is that we give our houses away. Um, we sell the houses. We, Habitat is a hand up, not a handout. We sell our houses at full market value. Um, the houses in Suffolk County, um, currently you know, most of our houses appraise around $350,000. Um, but we do make the house affordable. The HUD def definition of affordable housing is you shouldn't spend more than 30% of your income on mortgage taxes and um, insurance. We are the only organization in the country that offers home ownership possibilities for people earning as little as 40% of average median income. So in Suffolk County, our typical homeowners are earning somewhere between $50,000 and $70,000 a year. Um, and the way we make the house affordable is, first of all, instead of a down payment, our partner families have to do 300 hours of sweat equity. Um, 200 hours of that is construction. The other 100 hours are home ownership classes, uh, maintenance classes, doing some volunteer work, um, you know, th things like that. Um, if you think about it, you know, family earning $50,000 a year is never going to be able to save 15 or $20,000 for a down payment in a traditional home um, affordable home ownership program. So we eliminate that issue. And then um, our homeowners get a mortgage through Sony May. We're fortunate New York is one of the few states that has an affordable housing corporation that, that loans. Um, they're given a, they qualify for a 2% 30-year mortgage. Um, most of our homeowners will qualify for a mortgage around $100,000. Keep it, I won't bore you with the math, but again, we we engineer everything so that, so 30% is the maximum they're paying for, for the mortgage, their taxes, you know, and insurance. Are they putting, is there, with, through Sony May, just now we don't have to get too technical for everybody here, but is there a down payment or are they, is it some, nope. zero? Zero. Okay. Big deal. Yeah. Zero. And um, it's a special program they have for Habitat. Um, and then the difference, so we have, let's say we sell a house with, you know, 350000 we have, let's say, $100,000 worth of grants that we get from various federal and state entities. The um, homeowner qualifies for a mortgage for $150,000. Then that other $100,000 plus or minus between the hard cash that comes at the table and the selling price at the house, we put a soft second mortgage on the house. 
and that's our essentially down payment subsidy. Um, currently, that soft second gets forgiven over the lifetime of the home, but it also prevents the house flipping because um, you know if they were to sell the house, we get that you know um, you know we get that back. Mm. What do you find? I mean, the first. Eight houses in 2020, nine is the intention or the goal or the objective in 21. Is that correct? Yeah, we, we, we should do nine houses this year. So what, what is the, the biggest challenge? You know, is it a monetary? Because it costs you a quarter of a million bucks to make this happen, right? So to, for each of these homes, is, it the, is that the biggest hurdle? To be honest, um, our biggest hurdle really is getting land because of the high costs of, of land in Suffolk County, we cannot afford to buy land. So we depend on the county to donate land that they've um, taken over from, uh, you know, uh, non-payment of taxes and so forth. Um, and to be quite honest, um, the legislature has been very stingy over the last couple of years, and that's a big long-term issue for us. So everybody watching this um, broadcast and when they listen to the podcast, if they could you know, send a letter of support to their local county legislator telling them they need to revitalize the 72H program. That would be hugely helpful. Right now, right now, I have a two-year inventory of land, but I'm not sure what we're going to do in the third year. So, all right, if they go to your website, this revitalize, you said 72H, so I have that correct? Yeah. So is there something that somebody can, or is there somebody on your team? Because look, here's the thing, let's be honest about people. Like people listen to this and you know what? I want to help out. I want to be involved, but I can't write a check, but I can definitely send a letter to my legislator, my congressperson. So well, that's a phenomenal idea. Okay. And we're redoing our website and I will make sure that that gets added to the website. If I could rip down something real quick and print it out on maybe my own personal letterhead or sign it and send it in, it's a lot easier than me trying to figure out how to write. Absolutely. It. That's a great, that's a great idea. Um, but you know, and then of course money is always a challenge. Yeah. You know, um, we are in, um, you know, as I said, we have to fundraise um, a quarter of a million dollars for each house. Um, now, about a third of that, we do get grants, as I said, from various um, federal and state agencies, and the rest we have to come up with. We have our ReStore in Ronkakuma. Mm -hmm. Tell me about um, that program. So the ReStore, we get donated building materials from uh, various contractors, wholesalers, retailers around Long Island. Uh, we get a lot of used furniture, especially now with everybody uh, with the hot real estate market and all of the moving going on. Um, when people are doing renovations, uh, we love to get their kitchen cabinets, their uh, bathroom vanities, working appliances, and so forth. And all of this we sell in our restore. Uh, the profits of the restore underwrite most of the administrative costs of our agency. Um, currently, we are the reuse, repurpose partner for the town of Southampton. Uh, where all residents of Southampton are um, encouraged to donate to um, to our restore. We have a truck that is at their um, transfer facility one day a week. Um, I have the paperwork on my desk to become the official reuse repartner with the town of Brookhaven. Um, so that program will start soon. I have verbal commitments from two other towns to do the same thing. So I want to pause you for one second because I want to give people, so now we're giving you great information. So how do we find this, Lee and Tommy? Well, let me answer that for you. So the Restore is SuffolkRestoreOnline.com. That's the website. Habitat um, for Suffolk is 
it's it's habitat the way i had it here is habitat.org and then no, no, habitat.org is the parent is, right. is international we're habitat suffolk habitat suffolk.org i'm looking at it right now sorry about right. that yeah habitat suffolk.org so restore so i'm looking on the website let's talk about this for a second you see i see items here appliances furniture home decor kitchens bath whatever um, those are materials. Those are appliances that you know are lightly used and and or it can be reused. Is that right? Correct. Correct. Uh, we have a thirty-five thousand square foot store in Ronkonkoma on Lakeland Avenue, um, open Tuesday through Saturday, nine to six. Mm-hmm. Um, we welcome you know donations to be dropped off. We also have three trucks on the road five days a week making pickups all over Long Island. Um, most of our commercial um, donors. Um, drop off the items themselves, but we will also, um, you know, do do pickups for that. And where we can be a great partner with contractors um, and homeowners is when you do a renovation and you pull out your cabinets and so forth, it's a fortune to have that taken to the dump. But if you just put it in the garage, we'll come pick it up for nothing. And then uh, the homeowner gets a tax deduction and then we, you know, um, get the profit from the sales. Uh, you so, know what? I have a very good friend of mine. I'm not going to call him out by name here right now, but he is a major developer here on Long Island in the uh, in the single family, you know, um, like one to four family, really single family residences. Though um, I, he's he does a lot of development, fix and flips, and things like that. I I think him and a lot of the people he knows and is connected to would be a good uh, connection for you and the organization. Absolutely. So, so and it can work both ways. We some of our best customers are the fix and flip, flip people. Some of your best customers, meaning they'll come to restore and they'll buy. Come to restore to focus um, in, on the building material side. Ninety-eight percent of it's brand new. It's just discontinued, you know, it's discontinued or overstocks. Or you'd be surprised how many mistakes we get in terms of someone ordered the wrong size window, and then you know. Uh, Riverhead Building Supply has been a tremendous supporter of Habitat o- over the years, and we probably get a full truckload a month of uh, just things that were misordered by their customers. Wow. A truckload a month? Yeah. Wow. wow. That's a big deal. Shout out to Riverhead Building Supply because that's that's that corporate nonprofit stuff that I love to hear about. Uh, we're going to go into a break in a second. When we come back, believe it or not, Lee, this is how it goes on the show. We, we move fast here. We run out of time quickly. Um, what I want to do, though, is I also want to hear about what what the organization needs. I want to hear about events that are up and coming. Um, I want to find out who you want to meet, who the organization needs to meet. Like this is people are listening. Just last week's show alone here on Facebook, over uh, over 250 people paid attention just here on Facebook. So people are paying attention. Tell me who I can connect you with. Tell the people who are listening who they can connect you with. So think about that before we come back. Think about. Um, your wish list maybe. And, and, and even if this look uh, like, even if there's certain, certain corporates out here on Long Island that you'd love to be connected to that you may, you or the organization through your board members may not be connected to, there's a good chance we're one or two degrees away from those people as well. So we're going to come back one minute, Lee Silberman, Tommy D in my attic, philanthropy and focus, habitat, humanity, Suffolk County. Lee, we'll be right back. All right. Thanks. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? 
Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. You know, late. I always, I, I was a big game show guy growing up, and I always, one of my dreams was to be a game show host. And there was always, you know, I'll, I'll tell two stories. I, I hate when the party ends. I hate, like, do you remember the movie Mary Poppins? Do you remember, like, right, Uncle Albert and Mary Poppins comes in and she's trying to get them to leave, and they won't leave, and they're floating in the air, and the table's floating in the air, and the chairs are floating in the air. Uncle Albert, I love to laugh. Ha 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 ha. And they can't, Mary Poppins cannot seem to get them to come down, come down. We, finally, she says, it's time to go. And the, they fall from, they float down from the ceiling and, and Jane and Michael Banks are sad and they have to go, but they, Uncle Albert starts crying the whole thing, right? At the end of the, like a game show, I would hear that, boop, 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 which kind of meant, oh man, we're running out. It's got to go to the lightning round, right? And so I take those two stories and I mush them together in my head right now. I didn't plan this. It just came up in my head and I'm telling <laughs> the story right now. So this is sort of a lightning round. Boop, boop, boop. This is where I want the opportunity is for you to tell me what this organization is. Who can I personally or really who can the people listening either connect with the organization or connect you to others? So what so I give you this opportunity. What's upcoming events? I know there's a golf outing, but tell us about other events that are coming up. Tell us about the golf outing because I didn't really explain. All right. Other. So first, all right. So we have um, a few events coming up. So we have a golf outing August 30. It's at the Hamlet Windwatch. Um, we still have a few slots open for golfers. We would love to sell it out. We've never done that um, uh, before. That's going to be a great day. 
And then, so that's October, August 30. On October 8th. How do they get you on this stuff, though? Just tell me, like, give me. Um, you can go on our website. You okay. know, everything's on our website. Um, on October 18, we're doing a clay shoot. And the best way to think of a clay shoot is it's a golf outing with guns. And, of course, no alcohol. Um, <laughs> that's a good, I think that's best, with no alcohol. When we have guns, maybe we shouldn't be drinking. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And so that's, um, you know, on o- October 18 out in, in Yang, in uh, Yapank, we know that's going to sell out. So if you're interested in that, you really need to, to, uh, to sign up, uh, you know, quickly. And clearly, we, we're always looking for sponsors and corporate sponsors and so forth for these things, items for the auctions and, and so forth. Then we also have two um, community service events coming up. On September 29, we're doing a blood drive at our ReStore. Um, that'll be from 10 to 4. On October 9, we're doing a cleanup day in Belport where um, I believe we're meeting at the Boys and Girls Club and we'll be spending all morning just, you know, going up and down the streets of, of Belport and just doing a general community cleanup. That is being sponsored by the Island Outreach Foundation. Um, they gave us the money for this two years ago and then because of COVID, obviously, we weren't able to do it. So we're really excited about that. And then on September, September 14, we're doing our annual CEO build. And our CEO build is where we get between 25 and 30 companies on Long Island um, as sponsors. The levels run from a $5,000 sponsorship up to a $50,000 sponsorship. And on September 14 is Walray's Day. So the CEOs of all of these companies or their designated representative, they come out, we give them hard hats and hammers, and it's these CEOs that are actually building the walls of the house. And then over the course of the of the build itself, which will take you know four to five months, uh, depending on the level of support, each company gets between one and ten build days where they can send out um, up to fifteen volunteers to work on the house. So it's a it's a great publicity opportunity for the companies, and it's a great team building opportunity for the um, for the companies. In terms of people to meet, I think. My biggest disappointment over the 25 or so years that I've been involved with Habitat Suffolk is I've, there's never been a second company to do the model that my company, Durley Fabrics, did, where we had the employees donate you know, weekly, as I said, as little as 50 cents, and the company matched to become this huge community partner of the organization. So I would love to meet the owner of a business that would like to get involved at that kind of level. And you don't have to be a huge business. When Durley got started with this, I think our sales in those days were maybe 25 or $30 million a year. It's not like we were this huge, you know, know, we weren't Bank of America. We were a relatively, you know, small company that wanted to do good for the community. So I'd love to to meet um, one or two other business owners that would like to take Habitat as as their cause and really get their... um, uh, employees in, involved. And then other than that, it's, it's obviously, you know, at the corporate level, you know, our sponsorships at the low end start at $2,500, which allows a company to send 15 volunteers for one workday up to being a full house sponsor for $125,000 in which um, all of the build days of the house can be used by that company if they want. Uh, certainly they get the wall raise day. Um, and again, just meeting, you know, meeting like um, executives and so forth that um, were 
the community relations people, depends on, you know, on the organization, just to start, um, you know, the conversation. Um, because Habitat is, you know, there's a lot of great um, organizations on Long Island and Suffolk County. Uh, according to Google, there's about 9,750 ch registered charities in Suffolk County alone. According to Yelp, Habitat for Humanity of Suffolk is ranked number three. And according to Yelp, our Habitat Restore is ranked number 10. Awesome. So I'm extremely proud that out of over 9,000 charities, you know, we are right up there as the, as the third most, you know, well-liked charity on, on, on the island. So I, Yeah. Well, first, congratulations on, on those accolades. But I want to underscore the fact how many nonprofits there actually are. It's, it's an incredible, there are, you know, it could be the grassroots and then it could be the much larger organizations, but 9,750, I think you just said 9,750 charities and or nonprofits on in Suffolk, not, not talking. This is, there's, you know, there's also this is just Suffolk. There's, yeah, there's a, and then just one last thing I, I, I quickly want to say, cause there's a lot of people that don't quite understand this habitat is what it's, it's what, called a federated model. So each affiliate is its own separate charity. So we're a Habitat of Suffolk. There's a Habitat of Nassau. There's a Habitat of New York City. There's a Habitat International. We're all different. We were all our um, own separate charities. If you want to contribute and have the money stay local and see the house built in Suffolk County, you need to contribute to Habitat of Suffolk. If you want to support Habitat's building programs around the world, Habitat International does build in 90 countries, that's when you send your check down to Atlanta. Um, and I know there's a, there's a lot of confusion out, out there, but I think, and Habitat International is, is you know, their mission is extremely important to, to try and solve the affordable housing crisis worldwide. So if that's what speaks to you, by all means, you know, send the money to Atlanta. But if you want to really help Suffolk County, please send the money to um, money to us. We are working with Habitat to try and get a more coordinated model where you don't really have to think about it and the money just kind of goes goes where you want it. Um, and then just to give you an idea of, of the need, and this is pre-COVID, okay, one in five households in New York State pay more than 50% of their income on housing, which makes it impossible to have money for medical expenses, for food, for clothing, you name it. And one in two houses, households in Suffolk County spend more than 30% of their income on housing, which means 50% of all households in Suffolk County are housing are, are what we call housing burdened. What do they say? You know, house rich, money poor kind of situation, right? You know, right. Yeah. Yeah, it puts you, it puts you in, sorry to cut you off, Lee, but it puts you in a heck of a predicament, really, it does. It's like, uh, you know, when other things come up, like clothes and, and uh, <laughs> you know, going back to school and all these other things, which brings me to my whole world of, of all this nonprofit work. I, we got to draw to a close right there. I want you to remember a couple of things. The golf outing is August 30th. The clay shoot is October 18th. There will be no drinking that day. We, Lee and I have established that. There'll be no drinking and shooting. It's kind of a, that just makes sense. The blood drive, which I want to talk to you about or somebody on a team about, because maybe I can do a day of service on September 29th or maybe the cleanup day, October 9th, I think is that date for the cleanup day in Belfort, right? Correct. So, so much going on. So it's habitatsuffolk.org or the store. The restore is Suffolk Restore Online. 
www.thinkingmanlife.com. Lee, this has been an absolute pleasure. I'm, I'm really thrilled to have you as a new friend. I'm thrilled to have you on the show. And I, I have a lot of ideas of impact and some connections I can make for you. And I'm sure a lot of my listeners do too. Thank you for being here. Before I bring it to a close, I just want to thank you for coming and uh, joining me today. And Tommy, I really want to thank you for having me. Um, I look forward to any kind of opportunity to get the message out like this. It is invaluable to an organization like ours to have a spokesperson like you help us out. Well, that makes me feel good because I know I'm on to something and I'm doing I'm doing the good work. So thank you for thank you for your gratitude. I appreciate it. So every week, every Friday morning, we're here 10 a.m. Eastern time on the top of my house, just below the roof, above the second floor in the attic. It's your buddy Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, amplifying the message for nonprofit organizations. You want to get in touch with me? You can follow me on TikTok, man, because I'm the young 43-year-old guy dancing on TikTok. TommyD.NYC on TikTok, Instagram, TommyD.NYC. My email address is TommyD at philanthropyandfocus.com. And focus is P-H-O-C-U-S, but I guess you knew that by now. Talking alternative broadcasting on Facebook every week, talkradio.nyc. Stay tuned. Steve Fry will be here always Friday. He's shining up his shades. Hey, Steve, this is for you. I put my glasses on. Steve Fry, always Friday, be here. Jeremiah Fox, after that, next week, I want to just read you something real quick. Hopefully, I didn't lose the file that I wanted to read you next week. Rob Sarah retired fireman from New York City will be here on behalf of the Ray Pfeiffer Foundation. Uh, Look, it's the 20th anniversary of September 11th. I don't need to remind anybody of that, but we are going to talk about it next week. Uh, The Ray Pfeiffer Foundation has been assisting September 11th first responders, firemen, firefighters, excuse me, police, and others with medical needs not covered by insurance for a number of years. We're, we're, We're 20 years since that fateful day. Rob Sarah, retired FDNY, Squad 18, Ladder 108, Engine 216 will be on the show with Tommy D next week. Listen, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Stay focused. Do some service. Do what's right for you. I'll tell you more about 60 Days of Service next week. Lee Silverman, make it a great weekend. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, everybody. Bye, guys. Thank you, Tommy. Have a great time. connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. Did you know that nearly one in five adults in the U.S. battles mental illness? Hi, my name is Albert Dabba. I'm the host of the show Extra Innings. Extra Innings, I discuss the topics of wellness, mental health, and the experience of surviving multiple suicides within my family. Listen live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern to Extra Innings for discussions with sports figures, artists, mental health professionals, and many others. That's Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. 
Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Have you ever thought of reinventing yourself? Are you looking to create a new life's journey? Hi, I'm Kevin Barbaro, host of Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, live, 8 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live to hear me and my guests from a variety of different backgrounds. As a former college coach and a current full-time actor and owner of multiple companies, my show is as eclectic as my life. That's Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 